0: Check Me Out is a production of Panhandle PBS and Amarillo College's FM90 and is recorded at AC's Washington Street Campus. Conan did not, friends. He just, (laughs) he had sex with big-breasted women, (laughs) and he beheaded mages and wizards.
1: And so after you read that, you were like, I don't, everything else is lame, right?
0: Yeah, (laughs) 100%. Once you go down the Robert E. Howard road, like... Sorry. I, I don't <laughs> I don't think so. It's like listening to Black Flag and then discovering Blink-182. Right. Like, yeah, no. I know what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: You will know it is time to turn the page when you hear the chimes ring like this. Welcome to Check Me Out, a podcast for book lovers. I'm Amy Hart. This episode, we're going off the page with Donovan Blair. Or do you like to be called Donnie?
0: uh professionally it's weird I like Donovan but friends Donnie okay like Some I, I hate my friends to call me <laughs> Donovan I hate for my wife to call me my name <laughs> she has her own pet name you've heard her but let's not you know <laughs> We're not what going it is there. Yeah. you know what it is you've heard her call me that and then my brother calls me bub and I hate it And he <laughs> calls me Donnie and he will call me Donnie just to make me mad oh but really but by the same token, I hate for anyone to call me by the name my brother will call me. Wow. I got a lot of rules. Yeah, you
1: got a lot of rules. Yeah. And we'll get into some of those rules here Works in just a minute. Get in so, there. So Donovan Blair, or Donnie as I call you. Works. Uh, you reside here in Amarillo, Texas. I do. With your wife, Shelly. Who I know and love. Yes, uh, You are do. a black belt in taekwondo. I am. And you're recognized by the World Taekwondo Federation.
0: I am. With Master Inseon Kim. Wow. From Kim's uh yeah, Taekwondo. I and know. we're
1: gonna talk about all of that because that's the basis for your book, yes. which we're gonna be talking about. You are also the basis for the Toadies.
0: I have been known to do that, yes. You
1: are you were <laughs> a member of Hagfish. Are you still a member of Hagfish? Yes. We Basically. still do it
0: from here to that. We did some shows last year. We played uh four shows with them and they offered them to us and they were so much fun. My brother was on it you know we we it's kind of like high school reunion we'll get back together every few years or so and do our stuff and then that's all it will ever be though yeah you know
1: so in your musical career you have released 17 albums with armstrong only crime and the mag 7 included in in all of your wow other bands 17 albums you've played on there that's pretty Heck, cool. It is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. And you've been married to the same girl for 23 years, or is it 24 uh, now?
0: 25, young wow. lady. we're about to have our 25th December. We're going to be in Maui. I've heard it's wowee.
1: Yeah, yeah I would love to go there. It's awesome. I want to hear all about it.
0: I'll tell you. I'll, I'll hook you up with the, I, the after. You know. You know yeah, travel 25 agent. years <laughs> we've been married. She's been there for all of my records. Poor girl. <laughs> Had to listen to that all crap the practicing. for twenty five yeah. <laughs> years.
1: We invited you on to check me out to talk about your book because you are an author. I am, and among many other things that you do. <laughs> so you you've written this book, your tell all, live to tell, tell story. Yes, Um, which is called "Even If It Kills Me." Yes, martial arts, rock and roll, and mortality.
0: Yes, I um I like that title. I didn't come up with it. Which is why I like it. Who did? Your editor? Uh, Publisher. Yeah. At first, and this was, was, oh man, it was a while ago. Right when we were writing the book, I talked to the publisher and he had an idea. He goes, man, since you're a musician and you were doing taekwondo, how about we call it taekwondo rocks? (laughs) And all I could see was like after school special or something. And, and all you I, said was hard pass. Well, I wrestled with it. Did you? I had no hand. Yeah. What can I do? Like, nah. I mean, I yeah, probably could have. And he had gone, ah, oh, yeah, you're right. That's stupid. But I didn't know. I had no idea. Like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? <laughs> this is this. No, no, no. And I would wake up literally in sweats. Wow. Until finally I was um, I was on my way down for some toady stuff. We were getting ready for some rehearsals. And I heard, uh, I was talking to my editor, co-writer T.G., and he told me the name. He goes, well, David kind of came up with a new name. See what you think. And told me that. And I was like, oh, my God. Saved it. Thank you. <laughs> so much better. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Thank you. Love that. Yeah. So,
1: so for those of our listeners that have not read it, I have read it. I love it. Thank you. It made me laugh a lot. Good. It reads like the way you speak. Thank so you. Our Thank listeners you. are listening, and they hear the way you're speaking, and they think that it's funny. This is going to be right up their alley. If they don't I think hope. it's funny, then I don't know what to tell them. If they but. don't think I'm funny, <laughs> then
0: don't buy the book. We're out of it. Because you're going to be disappointed.
1: <laughs> but um, tell, like, tell our listeners, like, what is the premise
0: of this book? It is about, uh, at the age of 40, I decided to go back and get my, um, or try to get my black belt. Uh, in Taekwondo. I'd been doing martial arts ever since we moved to Amarillo in 2000, off and on. And I couldn't really stick with anything because I'd started Taekwondo as a kid. And um, we never finished it, you know. And when I say we, I mean my brother and I. We both started at the same time. We did get uh, named best kickers in class. <laughs> and every time we did the butterfly stretch, Zach would fart really loudly.
1: <laughs> so they so loved you there, at the- they loved us. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, but that's what we like to call
1: babysitting
0: oh that's what it was our parents were like thank god um but i just it always nagged at me that i didn't finish it you know i mean and then again getting your black belt is by no means finishing it it's just the first step to really figuring out any anyone in any martial art will tell you you know doesn't matter how long it takes once you get to black belt man it's just the beginning pretty much of, yeah unless you get your black belt in jujitsu then yeah that's like 13 years and the black belts i know guto brazilian jujitsu they're all amazing yeah you know you're pretty much you've reached <laughs> yeah the end of your your badassery i would say because everybody hell even the blue belts at that place are pretty amazing but that's not the point um it's just kind of about me getting, I wanted it to complete something. Mm-hmm. The band had some time off and I figured, well, I'm going to go give this a shot. And the first night of the first class, when I went back, I said to myself, and I did talk to myself out loud. No, I didn't. But I just <laughs> kind of thought I should like. <laughs> write this down. You never know what's going to happen. And then after a while, I kind of just started, I kept writing and kept writing about it. And it was just Kind of became So you wrote the
1: book as you were going along with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I did. And I was... Uh, was that a
1: conscious effort or was it more like a journal that you were journal. keeping? Journal. I was journaling
0: okay. the entire thing. And so it would be, you know, it was, I think we started writing it, writing it um, pretty much about right before I got my black belt and about that entire process. So it was just kind of weird, but I would need to write and I would need to practice. You know, or hobble around because we kept breaking boards with my feet, and it hurt really bad.
1: But I was gonna say you talk about you talk about in the book, yeah, the the toll that it took on your body, and being forty probably was part of that. But I think it's it's just hard anyways.
0: It is. There were several kids there. Uh, there was one young lady who was getting her, gosh, she was testing for her third stripe. And she had to do a, I believe an axe kick, something of that, that was just killing her. But it was two boards. She just could not do it. And she was sitting there crying and she would have to go back. And then Master Kim would let her come back and try. And it took her probably six attempts. Finally, on the last one, she destroyed those things. And it was like a Rocky moment, you know, (laughs) everybody stood up and congratulated and she hobbled off. It was like the karate kid. It was awesome, though. She did it, you know?
1: Is it most trying on your feet, your knees, a little bit of of everything? For me,
0: it was my hips. I have bad hips, and you can't have, you can't be good at Taekwondo if you have bad hips. It's all kicking. I've seen some people who can't kick pretty much above the waist, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but Taekwondo is, it's very, Exhibition It's high kicks. Five facets right? of it. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, I could still, if I needed, I mean, if you need to, sure. Kick someone in the nose. All right, I'm your guy. Like, hey, kick that guy in the <laughs> nose. Okay. I don't know what's gonna happen afterwards, but I'll do that. You cool. Know. <laughs> yeah. So that's a bar <laughs> trick you have. I'm gonna that's have cool. that. I'm gonna put an ad in the yellow pages. Need a kick in the nose? Call me, you know.
1: You also talk about the camaraderie. Of being the 40 year old in class and <laughs> and the humbling experience of being next to younger kids, kind of, right?
0: Yeah. And that's how it's been through doing so many martial arts, you know. And like these kids, they were amazing. And they were teaching me, you know, and they would kind of look down on me somewhat as kids do. I did it. Uh when Zach and I were in Taekwondo, we had older guys, so we were like <laughs> old. <laughs> Fart, whatever <laughs> fart. you know and talk yeah. to each other like that guy probably smells like farts I mean everything was about farts well with of course us, yeah but, so <laughs> we knew know. it was going on in the Blair house exactly <laughs> and but you know I guarantee you those kids were looking at me at the same way but I think I earned their respect and Master Kim's as well I hope I don't know
1: well yeah we'll have to interview them
0: about that yeah <laughs> you'll have to interview Master Kim for that
1: so You started writing while you were starting out, but then you eventually went on tour while you were still working on the black belt. Yeah. Right. So did you anticipate that you might be finished before you went on tour? And
0: No, uh, I knew like, as always happens in toadies land, um, everyone had talked like, oh, we're going to take a year off. Like, great. This is perfect time. And then about maybe eight months into that. No, let's go on tour. Right. Great idea. So <laughs> I had to keep working out all the time. I I would constantly work out uh, while everyone's partying, I'm going to go try and find a strange place to work out because I have a test coming up and I got to get ready for it, you know, yeah. or
1: but you talk about that you're the straight you're the straight edge guy.
0: I am. I'm straight. So edge So you're not nerd. gonna party yes. anyways. No, but here and there, I I will hang out with everyone while they're partying. You know. Yeah. And well, you
1: don't want to be the total loser, straight edge guy. Yeah, but a lot <laughs> of th-
0: right when I got in, I was I was pretty much was like forget this, I am yeah. out, and that's when I found the beauty that is melatonin, so I could go sleep. You know. Yeah. It was amazing, but it would be uh, while everyone's asleep. I'm in our bunk area trying to perfect my roundhouse kicks because it's really small area and you it's a great way to make it to make a good roundhouse kick. You so you know? think that helped? Oh, hundred percent. One hundred percent. I had to move furniture and green rooms. I had to do everything. You know. I still do it with with well, you know, with uh kung fu and stuff, but I'll get to that in a minute, you know. But anywhere we go, it's just kind of I don't have that um I guess, Oh, uh, I'm trying to think, it's the wrong word, some writer I am, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't have uh, the the awesome thing that so many people are, get to always train at the right place. They get to go to their right dojo that they want to go to with their friends. I don't have that all the time. I have to go find some place like, oh, there's a park. Cool. I'll go there. Others a parking garage. Great. Oh, I can go work out in the green room until someone comes in, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of you have to force yourself into those things. And you, you continue
1: know? to write while you were on tour as well?
0: Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I'm can well, I'm writing now as well. But really? Well And we'll I, talk about that yeah, here let's in a minute. Do, we'll do that in a minute. But yes.
1: but so you were out on the road and so you're trying to train mm-hmm. in green rooms mm-hmm. and parks and and you're writing. Yeah. And you're performing every day and probably yep. doing, uh, you know, radio stations and yep. record stores and all of that.
0: Yep. So yeah. was that
1: was was that one of the more stressful times you've been on tour?
0: Uh, well, no. Um, I look at all of it as experiences. OK. I kind of push myself and see what I can get away with until I just collapse. So far, so good.
1: Hey, fingers crossed.
0: <laughs> Actually, on one of those tours, that's where I kind of got more of an idea to write the book. I got, uh, there was some Taekwondo magazine. It said you got an idea for a book or for an article. So I sent them my idea about traveling and kind of what we were discussing. And uh, they liked it. Like, oh, wow. Okay. They said, hey, can you send us uh, an article tomorrow? Like, what? (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. We had a day off and I think. So it escalated quickly. Oh, yeah. I had to work (laughs) all day on it. And they took it and they did like three of those. So once that stopped and the back of my mind, like I could maybe do a book. And I just compiled those, added about another 40 pages and sent that in as a proposal. And
1: and so that was your first time it really, was that your first time to really try to publish anything?
0: Yeah, 100%. I got so lucky. I mean, I, there are so many authors out there that Are so much better than I am, 100% better than I am. But I got lucky because, and I think this might be for any other authors out there, I think this is what helped me. I was able to um, just kind of focus on one genre. You know, I didn't go to one of the bigger ones with this idea, I went specifically to a martial arts publication. There are only a couple. You know, and they liked the idea. And obviously my association with the band helped as well. They didn't pick up my manuscript and go, oh, my God, Hemingway who? Let's nab (laughs) this guy. You know, but it didn't happen. I mean, in the first drafts that we had, they were okay. They were good. But T.G. had told me that once we got further into it and he started reading some more stuff that opened up about my dad that's when he kind of came to the point of, oh, now we have a book. Let's go into this. He kind of thought it would be whatever. Oh, I'm a bass player. I'm going to go kick some things. La-di-da. Got my black belt at the yeah. end. And we tried to make it way more than that.
1: And so when it became mm. more of a memoir of yes, your... And, and this is where the mortality... Yes. Aspect of the book comes in because your dad passed away at a yeah. pretty young age. Right?
0: 44. Yeah. So when
1: you're 40 going to Taekwondo classes, you're, that's in your mind the oh, whole yeah. time. Of yeah. course.
0: Because, I mean, it's it's also like, wow, when my dad was my age. He was busy working his tail off and supporting us and being a husband and a father and I'm playing bass and going to taekwondo classes and screaming and trying to spar a 10 year old and get around him, you know, <laughs> right. Just makes you so put things so, in perspective. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but also uh-huh. about your health and your, you know, taking care of yourself and working yeah. on your stress and making yeah. sure you're eating your vegetables and drinking your water and all of those things. Oh, yeah. It's that, what all of it is. Yeah.
0: I don't want to do, uh, I know my dad couldn't help what happened to mm-hmm. him. Look at my mom. It was, we didn't have a lot of money. They couldn't go to the doctors a lot and, you know, they can spend a dollar fifty on a big pack of red meat and she can feed four, you know, that's what she's going to do. You know, they can't, yeah. they didn't have a lot of money for great nutritious foods. So it was just about that. I do have a different sense of that. And I just, I don't want to put my wife through what my mom went through. Mm-hmm. No one needs to go through that. Kids don't, husbands don't, wives don't, and they're going to anyway. But for anyone that's out there that has lost a parent or lost a, you know, a spouse, it, it is hell. It sucks. Mm-hmm. It's not fine. And it you don't even feel it at that point. We didn't even really feel the grief because...
1: Oh, you can't in in the moment.
0: Oh my God, But no. grief
1: is, you know. I was
0: 19. My brother was yeah. 17. And at that point, and it was just... And grief typically
1: doesn't start coming around for five to seven years after it happens, too.
0: Well, it took a while for us as yeah. well. It took because pretty much right after that, I, I went to college for just a little bit. And then we started hagfish. And so you
1: were continuing to keep yourself in that tunnel of I don't want to think about it I don't want to deal with it I don't because that's what we do actually
0: we weren't we we knew it was in our head but like the night um the day my dad passed away we had a gig I I I wrote about this in the book we had a show at this place uh down in in Dallas Deep Elm, um and so after we we told my dad bye and he had passed I was going to the phone to cancel this show and my mom was like, what are you doing like I gotta cancel mom I was, no your dad would be so mad so we played it it was a blur I don't really remember it I remember playing and going my dad is dead and yeah. that hitting me yeah and with that finality and we tried to be upbeat with everyone like you know what and I still believe that he was in so much suffering yeah it was better For him, it was better for everything because he wasn't suffering anymore. But still with that finality of it of my dad is dead, never going to see him again, never going to hear him again, you know. So that that takes a while for that to sit in, especially that right after that, you know, because we'd already started Hackfish pretty much about maybe a few months beforehand. And uh, we just started kind of going on an upward trajectory. We didn't really have much time to think about it. Yeah. It's the band. We start touring. We get signed. I get married. We put out our first record, and then from that, bam, Zaxxon, Rise Against, I'm in the Toadies. We still haven't really stopped, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like you got to take time to go. Oh, I got to process this, yeah. you know. And I think doing Taekwondo and doing that book really helped me process it, you know. Mm-hmm. So my brother has his different problem. He's he gets to write. He writes a lot of songs as well and does it with other things. So we both have the different ways that we've been able to work through it, you know, but it's not one of those that ever stops, I don't think, you know. No, I always wanted to be, but um, I look at myself as one of the people that was just such a huge music fan and like, you know what? I'm just going to give it a shot. I love music so much. I don't care if I fail. And my dad turned me on to reading. You know, when I was a kid, I would be, took a bit. But once I finished my first book, I think I was like nine. First one that I read all the way through. Do you remember what it was? Oh, gosh. I think it was a Madeline Le Angle book I finished in school. One of the Wrinkle in Times. Uh-huh. I think that it was one of those. And I just couldn't stop. And my dad would give me his action-adventure books like Conan. That's why I can't watch uh, any of The Lord of the Rings. They don't mean anything because they didn't want the sword. They were friends. Conan didn't have friends. <laughs> He just—he right. had sex with big-breasted women, <laughs> and he beheaded mages and wizards.
1: And so, after you read that, you're like, "I don't." I like, "Everything like, else is lame, right?" Yeah,
0: hundred <laughs> percent. Once you go down the Robert E. Howard road, like, sorry, I, I don't, I don't think so. It's like listening to Black Flag and then discovering Blink One Eighty Two. Right. Like, I yeah. You know, I know what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was my dad would just turn me on to so much stuff. So. I always wanted to write, but I would do the typical, Oh, I have nothing to say. So I started with this, like, well, kind of, this is a little bit interesting. And I'm a huge fan of Henry Miller and David Sedaris and those kind of guys that made the everyday mundane things that would just happen to you interesting. Mm -hmm. Not that I did that, but I trying to do that, trying to get better at that, you know, so It's just that voice, you know, and I kind of figured, you know, I need to at least give this a shot. If not, okay. And if I fail, then I fail. So far, so good. I don't look at anything and I don't look at success in terms of sales either because it's done okay. I've paid them back what their initial investment is, but past that. That's good. Hopefully
1: we'll get you some more. that'd
0: be great i would love (laughs) it but my my thing is they didn't lose money and people who've read it complete strangers have emailed me and gone wow i really like this book here's some things i didn't care for it which is fine no one's gonna love everything yeah of course you know but i like people's honesty about it and the fact is i think it's touched a lot of people they've laughed they said the same thing they've laughed out loud
1: yeah, I did. I did which is several all I care several about. times. Which, I love that, which made me really happy. And I would read little, you know, one line little excerpts to to Brandon, my awesome. husband, because I was like, he would say, "What are you laughing at?" I I, I gotta read this to you, <laughs> even though you're about to read it too. But I gotta read this out loud to somebody because it's so funny. But I also, being a music person myself. Loved all the music references and, and talking about all the bands you've been in and you Good. know, the people you've met, but also your
0: influences on yeah. why you
1: play bass the way that you do and
0: it, it was fun to kind of go into that. And I got I got really a lot of it we edited down Because you got wordy, didn't you? I did. A lot <laughs> of it and T G we have to go, Man, you overshot the mark on this. We just need this and this and this. And it was like homework. Yeah. I would have to give him probably 2 or 3 chapters a week. So, if I was home working, I would have to come home from work and then go right to my office yeah. and just start writing for 3 hours and edit and edit and edit and send it back to him and it was really fantastic process. It was crazy and I'm from now what I, I I'm under the assumption is it wasn't the normal way. We were trying to meet a deadline for a tour because we wanted to have it out so I could sell it on the road and stuff and do meet and greets and meet people and go visit, you know, other bookstores and stuff. So we were really pushing it hard. And he was like, to me, like, oh, okay, well, we'll just do this. And he goes, he didn't know that I didn't know this wasn't normal. He goes, no, this is by far not normal and wow. should never happen again. Like, no, I like it though. Let's yeah. us keep,
1: <laughs> it, well, let's and it keep keeps doing you, it this way. Yeah, and it keeps you accountable and, yeah. and it keeps the process going, I think, because it's, as yeah. a writer, it's really easy to get stalled out.
0: And I would do that and I would take some time away, you yeah. know, and I still do that. I'm doing that right now with writing and, but I kind of look at it as a record. You have this space of time to get it done Yep. Got to go. That's good. You got to get it done. You have to hurry. There's no sitting on your rear, you know? Yeah.
1: I saw that you were the Benjamin Franklin Award Silver winner in 2017. What
0: is that? I was one of them. Okay. Yeah, um, it was, um, I guess it's just an award for independent book uh, for authors and stuff. Cool. And they say, and TG was like, you know what? They say, just to be nominated, it's great. He said, I know it's a cliche. He said, but I'm dead serious just to be nominated is a fantastic thing. So I didn't get first, I didn't get the award, but just where I was one of the nominees and I guess they say that you won.
1: That's wonderful. TG went
0: down to Austin and, uh, he was going to accept for us. My brother went down there and hung out with him and Zach was like, wow, it's weird. It's kind of like hanging out with you. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Weird, but it's, uh, and, and that's the other thing I got to get. I want to give credit where credit's due is TG, my editor, co-writer, he shaped so much of that book and he would be like, well, what about this? He would give me prompts. How about this? And then I would kind of go off on that for like six or seven pages. Then we'd edit it, you know, just a great creative partner. to and have.
1: how did you come across him?
0: He is uh, an editor for YMAA, the, um. The publishers. Okay. He works for them and he's done several of their books, but we both had same background. He's a drummer as well. He loves prog metal, you know, and just prog rock. And the first time I talked to him was in San Francisco. We were playing a show and uh, he and I ended up talking literally for three hours straight. I was like, wow, dude, I got to go. I'm about to play in 10 minutes. Like, oh, crap.
1: Yeah. So that's why that's why your brother said that. About exactly. being like you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We had the exact same ideas about everything. And we rarely have arguments. We will here and there. He, um, the, oh God, the chapter about Amarillo and superheroes, you know, I don't think I can say the title because it's cursing, but you know what I'm talking <laughs> yes, about. Yes, I do. He argued with me up and down with that. He did not want that to be the title. I was like, that's the title. And I said, okay, here we go. So I sent it to my drummer Mark Resnickich that also wrote Buzzkill, which is a fantastic comic book. Do you have it? Have I do. You read that? Oh my yes. god, it's so amazing. Mm-hmm. So if anybody doesn't have it, go get it. It's amazing. Um, it was the first one uh, kind of introed Donnie Cates to the comic scene, and so then I called Donny Cates like, all right, hey, he was at a comic con in Seattle, and he's like, what, what's up? And I said, I got it. You got to settle a bet in an argument for me <laughs> with my and I told him what was going on and I told him the title immediately starts cracking up like ah right, well I'm done screw you lafredo that's the title
1: <laughs> so so the people that are wondering they'll have to buy the book you'll have to See? buy the book that's, and figure it that's out. how that works exactly any interesting writing quirks
0: oh good question um yeah actually I do (laughs) I have to go to cafes to write really because I I can kind of get stuff done at home some people can write in solitude I'm not one of them it's if I'm at a cafe since I have ADD it's kind of like all of the uh, stimuli of the cafe, the, the steaming of the milk and pulling of the shots, people talking and clicking and clacking on their computers. All of that lets my brain focus. It's like it takes the ADD part of my brain and it's like a jingling keys in front of a baby or a dog or something. And it lets it kind of focus on that so I can focus on my work. It's weird.
1: It's weird because I get that. I can't sit in a silent room and write. Nope. Will never happen.
0: I I can't do it. My
1: brain starts thinking about laundry and like other things. What's going on in space and like whatever. But yeah. Other things I also write in a cafe.
0: Oh, I love it. I love it. I get the most done. Well, and you got lots of caffeine
1: right there at the ready. And that's the other part. (laughs) If
0: I'm on a roll and I know it, I can go for like four or five days and I will write at home, like in bed, right before. Like if I just, I know I need to just do it. I mean, and I think it was uh, Isaac Asimov that said, the the big thing with writing is applying ass to chair. And he's right. It is so true. 100%. Yeah. Even if you get nothing, if you get bupkis, nothing, you still, something will come out of that eventually. Do
1: you ever listen to music while you're writing? I can't. Yeah.
0: No. Oh, actually, I've tried um, Baroque once again, okay. because it keeps my brain yeah. going, you Yeah, know? it's weird.
1: What did you learn about yourself when you were writing this book?
0: Um, you're full of the good questions. I try. Well, <laughs> I guess I learned a lot about being able to complete something and that I could complete a book and that I could still be excited about things. I was, I guess you do so many records at times and I love making records. We're in the process of writing and about to make another toady's record right now and i am so what? thrilled <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've been talking about it mayden's <laughs> nice. writing we've got writings that we've already done a few we've got demos they're awesome but he wants to keep at it and we're going with a awesome producer can't say anything yet but we're all it's someone we've all wanted to work with forever um and that's fantastic but doing this is the hardest thing i've ever done and it's surprises me to do writing this. the
1: book or getting the black belt
0: uh writing the book far harder than anything i've been really through with martial arts oh god yeah why just for the well again to as a callback to the apply asked chair i have add so it's hard right to it's that. probably
1: easier to go put your energy into Doing practice. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. As opposed to sit down and get a pen to paper. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh God, no. I mean, still to this day. The other day I was trying to write I have um I'm trying to write another book and like I'm not coming up with anything. I'll just go work out and that'll jar something. Never did, you know. do you have
1: ideas for what you what you want to do next?
0: I've got a few ideas. One, um I will since 2006, and I didn't write about this in the book because I didn't want to write about all the the martial arts and all that stuff. I've been doing Tibetan White Crane Kung Fu with Brandon Landelius. Who was in the MAG-7 with you. Yes, who was in the Mm MAG-7 with me. We do that at R&R every Tuesday, but our conditioning that we do is called the horse because we're in a horse for about 30 to 45 minutes right at the top of class. And... My next book I'm working on might be that. Just kind of a really thin quick book. Kind of like a an exercise book. Okay, instructional instructional type something quick. We okay. might try and include a video with it as well just to help anyone. You don't have to be a martial artist to like this. We have people that come to class who are not martial artists and could care less about our sets or our footwork—they don't care. Like, yeah, that's great. <laughs> don't care. But they will do the horse, and then they're sweating, and then they leave. Like, bye, I'm out. And they love it. So it's kind of like I—I've th- done it all over the world. I know it works. It's kind of one of those I believe in it. You mm-hmm. know, I want—I'd like for more people to see it and do it. I think it'd be really great. You know.
1: Any interest in writing a fiction?
0: I got some ideas with that, but I would have to do that with someone else. Mm -hmm. Not me. I'm kind of better with plot guy. I'm plot guy. I can come up with the overall, Mm -hmm. even the plot for each chapter and how it should move. I'm way more interested in that. But making you walk into a room and see the room, I have zero interest in writing that. I can't do it. The ADD well it's not it? just that I can't think of it like in my head and when people yeah. do do it like wow descriptive. that is amazing yeah. yeah I can see it all in my head mm-hmm. and and I and I my hat's off to those people yeah. I'm not it's incredible. that writer it is yeah. it is there are a lot of people here in Amarillo like that absolutely I'm not one of them <laughs> well it's do... good you know that about yourself though. well and that's one thing I did discover of uh, what kind of writer I am what kind of writer I want to be yeah and it's one of those things i'm juggling with all the time i think after this um let's see after this kung fu book i'm going to do a book about my brother and i getting out of sherman and kind of about hagfish is after the band broke up that's kind of the end of the story to me i don't really have an interest in telling everyone all about armstrong or only crime or when zach went to guar or then we did this and that you can look on the internet for that yeah you know there's no story there not to me there isn't and talking about the toadies that's not my story either that's their story i can't be the guy that talks about that i get that yeah you know
1: authors i, mean, I know you've mentioned you you've mentioned a couple but um what do you like to and do you read while you're out on the road is that do you get a lot of reading done while you're touring
0: all the time my drummer mark resnichek and i uh when we're in really cool towns we love like portland we call it girls day and <laughs> we get up early <laughs> we go to coffee we go record shopping little brunch L- little, i'm not lying. Yeah. We do brunch, <laughs> We do, we go to bookstores yeah. and we'll go to Powell's and spend five hours there. That
1: sounds like the most amazing day. I just it want to come up an there with y'all. It's amazing
0: day. Oh, it's, it's amazing. Bookstoring and. <laughs> we know exactly where we're going. Like, cool. Girls Day tomorrow? Yeah, of course. Eight o'clock sharp, done. And then we're up and awesome. we're gone. And it's fun. And it's we have a great time. And uh, we just collect books. I love pretty much anything David Sedaris has mm-hmm. written. He is, if you think about what he has written the actual just i guess the experiences that he's had they're boring they're just boring i'm sorry they are but the way he describes them makes you laugh out loud it can make you cry he's just i think he's one of the best writers we have you know um i just try to read so much different stuff to get inspired i love henry miller i used to be in a huge henry miller kick but then i kind of got out of it that's kind of what kick-started a lot of the stuff obviously there's a few choice Hemingways, ways and i think my favorite book of all time is probably catcher in the rye just because you know
1: because it's that's kind of what you're doing it's i'm not the woman that would typically read a book about taekwondo and laugh out loud at it so it's you know, taking what is something that I relate zero to, but is also kind of boring to talk about of when course. you really think about yeah. going to practice every day and my foot hurts or whatever. You know, but you, you yeah, <sighs> right. so, exactly. But you, you Thank translate you it into a great way that I laughed and I thought. Man, like I don't ever want to do this, but I kind of want to do this. Like I kind of want to go to a taekwondo mm. class now, a
0: little bit. I will hook you up. Yeah. <laughs> so. But I, I that's a huge yeah. compliment. Yeah. Thank you. And that's the kind of readers. I mean, the writers I like. They're, and they're few and far between. So many people want to be Hemingway, or they want to get into the mass market publications, or they want it. They don't write anything just for them. They don't care, you know. They're like, oh well. I could do that, which would be great, but if I scale it back a little bit, I might be bigger. Well, you know, do you want to make money or do you want to make art, which is completely fine. Not that I'm making art, but I stand behind every word, every chapter in that book. And I've gone back and forth with the publisher on a couple of other things that we need to do, and some of them I don't want to do, even though it might keep me in the publishing field but I I don't want to put out anything that's just kind of schlocky you know I get
1: that I I, can't do it I can tell though that you wrote it with heart and it's interesting to to hear that you were writing as you went along and I think that's what made it better good because you were living in that moment every day so you knew the pain that you were in and you knew the hardships that you were it wasn't like you were recalling those memories because I think that would have felt differently
0: Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I've I've got another one I had done. I looked back at my notes the other day about jujitsu. I did jujitsu for about a year and a half, and then figured out after a year and a half, I'm not any good at jujitsu. <laughs> <laughs> Some people are. I'm not one of them. But I trained at a fantastic school. You know, everyone there was amazing. But it's one of those, and and kind of doing the book it helps you with your self-realizations like, Oh, I know what I can do, what I can't do. So this was a sobering thought. Like I can't do this. I am not good at this. I had written a lot about it and I wanted to call the book. I mean, they call, um, jujitsu is called the gentle art, you know, Mm -hmm. because you, you don't really have to exert a lot of pressure. The people that are really good at it, they don't have to just sit there and manhandle you all over the place. They're really good ones. Like, a lot of the guys I trained with here in Amarillo, they can put you on the ground with very simple ease. So that's why they call it the gentle art. I wanted to name my book Gentle Art My Ass. You know? <laughs> that's why I wanted to call it.
1: <laughs> that's great. I love it.
0: Because it was not gentle to me, yeah. you know. But again, and I, it was really hard on my body. So yeah. I, you know, bad pun. I tapped out like. Ugh. I'm not going to waste anyone's time rolling with me. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) So
1: for those, like, I don't know a lot of the differences between, I'm assuming jujitsu is more groundwork. Yes. Taekwondo is more kicking, hitting, punching. Yes. That kind of thing. That's where the
0: MMA part comes in. Right. The mixed martial arts, because you can do all of it. it. exactly. But you can be more
1: trained in either one, mm -hmm. or you can be actual karate or actual sure
0: you know and it's kind of if your timing's good you're going to be good at anything you know there is but all fights start standing up so even like with jujitsu there is a lot it starts standing up mm-hmm. but they want to pull you down to the ground that's their game yeah and my god there i got choked out quite a few times <laughs> and it Freaked out my friends and, that did and, it and your
1: wife probably. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought it was you kind of hilarious. Her, like. We kept rolling.
0: <laughs> they were like, "You want to quit? Went, no, let's just keep going." But I scared the crap out of them. They were like, "Don't just tat wow. next time. How about that, bro? Yeah, it's
1: yeah. going but all the way."
0: Literally, it's a fantastic, <laughs> fantastic art. It's. Yeah. Um, I had thought, unfortunately, that it was just a bunch of bruisers, and when I got in, it was full of some of the best people I've ever met in my life who are confident. They have nothing to prove to anyone. They just want to go there and they want you to attempt to strangle them. And then after that, they want to go get a beer, you know? And if you do strangle them, they're stoked. They congratulate you. (laughs) Like, man, you choked me out. That was amazing. How did you do that? You know, it's, it's a fantastic culture and it's, I miss it. It sucks to not be a part of it. And I miss Everyone at Guto, you know, but kind of had to figure out what was right for me. And I never did I wanted to get further into Kung Fu as well with Brandon and that's what we've been doing for a year now. You know. So do
1: you are you still practicing Taekwondo and are you working on e belts or are, no. is that kind of
0: No, I stopped. Focusing that a while on the white crane ago. and yeah, I yeah. liked I once I reached black belt, I was thinking of sticking in. But I also, I've seen a few masters and grandmasters. I've seen videos. I've met other guys outside of town who can't kick above their waist. Mm. Could they annihilate me with other things? Most definitely. Of course they could. But to me, taekwondo is kicking. Mm. And if my hips were killing me, it was just about I didn't want to be one of those guys. A matter of
1: time, probably. Exactly. And yeah. I don't
0: want to be one of those older guys with a black belt and six stripes on it who And a walker. Exactly. Yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. You know. That's the same way with Jiu My body was killing me. I screwed up my knees, I screwed up my back. I was always hurt in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and with this I felt felt my body healing more with Kung Fu. That's just me, you know. So I'm sure some people are gonna hear this and go, that guy's a clown and a wuss, <laughs> you know? But I know my body, how it needs to work and things, and my brain, and it works better with this. This I understand, it's kind of like, oh, I'm home. Even with Taekwondo, a lot of it I didn't understand. Like, I don't understand why we're doing that. That doesn't make sense. Whereas with this, it's all logical, you know? But that's just me, my point, you know? What is the best book you've ever read? Oh my God, you're good. Uh (laughs) one of them obviously is Catcher in the Rye. Yeah. One hundred percent. Uh there's another book by Miller, uh Colossus of marusai And his earlier works, you know, Tropic of Cancer, Tropic of Capricorn, Black Spring, all of the rosy crucifixion, those are incredibly filthy, you know. And I think They're almost disturbing and disgusting to reread now. Like, wow, God, what was wrong with me that I (laughs) wanted to read this? You know, I like the violence, I guess, of his words at that point. But Colossus of Morosi, I think he says the word damn and that's it. Wow. Really? It's a fantastic book about uh, him going to Greece before World War Two started. And it's kind of just a love letter to Greece. It's fantastic. It's well written, it's beautiful, you know. I me.
1: still have your your copy of Tropic of Cancer. Oh, FYI. really?
0: That's where it went.
1: Yeah. I started reading it and I was in public and I was blushing
0: at the uh-huh. language. It's <laughs> fantastic. And if you read, I read uh, Tropic of Capricorn and finally got insight into my brother. They have the same birthday. Wow. And Miller has this, I guess, just this um, anger towards society. I think it's because of his birthday. Um, it's the day after Christmas. And after I put it down and went, Oh, that's why my brother is this way. Just he was born with just this rage for normalcy. <laughs> Hates <laughs> it. Hates all of it. Nine to five things, all the other stuff that yeah. that I do and I am, he doesn't get like, ah, I don't I don't I'm not into that. Wow. <laughs> Which wow. is fine. That's yeah. just how my brother is, yeah. you know. But he came out of the womb that way. I don't know. That's fascinating. And Miller is exactly the same way, which I respect the hell out of. Yeah. You know, they Zach stays true to his core. He has his truth and he sticks to yeah. it. You know, same as Miller. Neither of them have ever wavered.
1: What do you like to do when mm. you're not riding, touring, doing White Crane, doing all these other
0: things? Oh, Um, when I'm not doing anything, I like to write. But when I'm not writing, I like to do white crane. And in between, I'll tour. <laughs>
1: anything else? No. Any other hobbies? Are, I'll play Battlefield Four
0: with my other friend. You know, and we like to do a thing called teabagging. People can figure that out, and it's <laughs> it's a lot of fun. People don't like it, and I get yelled at, but it's a lot of fun. Um, that and just you know, hang out with my wife. My wife and I like at night. We get on the couch and we watch TV. Right now, we're stuck into the newest season of Designated Survivor. I, like, I don't even
1: know what that is. What? What is that?
0: All right. It started on channel. Uh, it was at ABC. Okay. It's For Sutherland. He was, uh, they have a Designated Survivor for every, uh, every time the president addresses the State of the Union, the entire government is in one place. Well, they have one person from the cabinet that sets aside... They're the designated survivor in case everything goes to hell.
1: Wow. Well, in
0: this instance, it does. And he was, I think, the HUD secretary. Exactly. Well, you know, gasp, everything goes to hell. The uh, Capitol building gets bombed and he's the president all of a sudden. But he's an independent. Oh. He's not Republican. He's not Democrat. And so for, for, for two seasons on ABC, it ran. Then it got canceled. Now it's on uh, Netflix, and it's a lot more uh, vocal about yeah. things. And it's it's great to see that. So it's almost like a fantasy land for my wife and I to watch. Like, oh, uh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, I'm I really, interested. I, I might oh, check that out. it is fantastic. Cool. We really like you got to watch all of it. Mm-hmm. The first two seasons, I think, are 22 episodes. The next one is only 10. But it's really, really good show. We like it a lot. But that's, we'll watch that. We'll watch Forged in Fire. We love. I love Forged in Fire. You do too? Yeah. I think after we started watching it, it was about a month later. I was going to watch something and Shelly goes, can we watch a Forged in Fire? I was like, God, I love you. you are my favorite human being i just make my husband
1: watch drag race poor guy so oh my brother
0: is addicted oh good well brandon loves
1: it too i I say that i force him to but
0: he is uh, so addicted it's it's just pure comedy it's amazing it's really what it is zach's wife for his birthday last year hired a drag troupe to have a drag show at their house (laughs) and he was amazing they go there are two uh Who are the queens that um, had their own show on Vice?
1: That is Trixie and Katya. Yes! I am the biggest Trixie Mattel fan. Are you
0: holding on? Are you ready for this? Oh, no. Trixie Mattel is a Rise Against fan. No! And wanted to meet my brother. They were in town a couple months ago, and Zach reached out or somehow got a hold of her. Oh, man. And they they were unable to meet up. But he was like, in the future, he goes, I'm a huge fan of you and Katya. Wow. And just, they're I hilarious. He goes, I would love, love to go them. out and just hang out sometime. I'm a huge fan. I don't mean to be creepy. And Trixie got back to him like, oh, yeah, no, I love your band. And he was just like, oh, you do? <laughs> what? <laughs> and there is, I can't remember her name, but she is from Garland. Can't remember what season she oh. was on. Yeah. She's I have to from think Texas about, and she's gonna say from, there's been several. Oh actually no, Mesquite. She's from Mesquite. That is Alyssa Edwards. You are awesome. Yes, I'm telling Alice, you. She lives <laughs> we found yeah, out maybe, has a
1: dance studio. Yes. And yes. is yeah, out of Mesquite. Uh-huh. She
0: lives about five blocks from uh where our drummer Tony Barsati lives in Dallas. She's right around there. And yeah, Zach is that is Hipped so cool. It's it's they love it. Yeah. You know? And I think it's I think it's fantastic. Yeah. People. It's just goes to show. And other, and I like to see that so many people are accepting of that. Yeah. So many straight people are, yeah. you know, and of course, it's not for everyone. I get it.
1: Oh, but, I agree.
0: But, you know, shame on you for not uh, for wanting to keep those people in. You know what I mean? The closet, not letting them feel comfortable. Yeah. I'll get off on a rant. I'm sorry, but I feel (laughs) passionate about that. And I love to see people who are just, no, I'm going to do this and I'm going to be stoked. And this is what makes me happy. And they bring joy to other people. So, agree. You know what I mean? They bring so much joy to.
1: Oh. it is stress-relieving laughter every oh, time yeah. I watch an episode of Drag Race. Zach, or, or Trixie Caccia or they're, Un they're, or all uh, of
0: their units. <laughs> they're hilarious. Love it. Zach actually said last year in Spain, Rise Against had played a big place. It was probably like 2,000 kids or something. And he walked out and walked down, and it was the Drag Race tour in Europe. Was at a place three times the size of it. Rise were playing wow. and it was sold out. And he was like, Whoa. Well, I feel lucky because
1: I have tickets to go to the one in Albuquerque here in a couple months. No,
0: who's going to be there?
1: bunch of people. I mean, it's chock full.
0: Really? Yes. It's wow. very cool. Yeah, and I think were, they're doing
1: it in like Oklahoma City as well. Like, really? Yeah. It's going, they're going to be stri- driving straight through here.
0: You're stoked. Are you guys, Set yeah, up a I'm, media interview. I totally should. No, I'm serious. Why don't you? I'm going to get with Chip here in just a minute why not and and, that and that is one thing can i say one thing also yeah what i really really loved when we moved to amarillo moved from dallas texas you know and it has the oak lawn scene and all of that which is completely open with gays and lesbians when we came here i was like oh man and i was blown away by the community here so many people and no one bats an eye Everyone was so welcoming, you know, even, you know, Captain Old Fart with the cowboy hat (laughs) and the boots doesn't bat and I could care less. Yeah. "Yeah, So who cares?
1: I've heard very, very little the whole time I've lived here. And mainly it was a long
0: time ago. Yeah.
1: Now, though, I mean, our Pride Fest has gotten bigger and bigger every year. It's massive. It just makes
0: me happy about my town. And like, yes, you know, I mean, I know it's not perfect. But there is that where it is incredibly welcoming, you know, and I have a lot of my closest friends are in the community and I love them dearly, you know, and I've got some great stories that I could clown one of them, but I won't. (laughs) (laughs) If he's listening, he knows who he is.
1: Donovan Blair. Yes, ma'am. I'm going to call you Donovan because that's how people can search for your book online. You You can find it on Amazon. Uh, Are there any other places that they can pick it up?
0: Barnes & Noble.
1: The book is called Even If It Kills Me, Martial Arts, Rock and Roll and Mortality.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Thank you for being here.
0: You're the best. Appreciate you.
1: Check Me Out is recorded in the FM90 studios on the Washington Street campus of Amarillo College. Special thanks to Scotty Vanderford, Colin Lutz, and Stevie Brashears, who designed our really cool logo. Also, a huge thanks to The Mag 7 for providing all of our music. Make sure you hit subscribe wherever you may be listening.